want to share a fresh word that, and really literally a word, that the Holy Spirit gave me for a certain segment of our society. And that word belongs to those who have served our country in the military and for those who are serving. And I'm going to ask all of the veterans, all of you who have served, perhaps some of you that are here that are serving, would you stand to your feet? God's given me a word I want to speak over you. And friends, right now, they are worthy of a hand clap as they stand. Please remain standing. Please remain standing. It's interesting that, that not as we grow older, but just mature, <laughs> that, that our, our outward appearance kind of changes a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. But I want to speak to the heroes of America. The Holy Spirit laid on me one word that I want to speak over your life this morning. Well, this afternoon. Sir, ma'am, you are a, and here it is, you are a warrior. You were a warrior back then, and you are a warrior right now. Now, your body may be changing a little bit, but in your heart of hearts, you are a hero and you are a warrior. And I want to thank you from the depths of my heart for fighting for those who could not fight for themselves, for leaving comfort and home to stand up and live in areas that, that were infected by disease, trying to destroy people and, and harming the innocents. We are who we are as Americans because of your sacrifice and your, laugh, your life. You are a warrior. And we would like to salute you with applause. Would you stand to your feet? And can we put our hands together and salute these warriors with applause? Please remain safe. Many other countries, they're, they're meeting right now underground. We meet in public because you're a warrior. How many grateful for the freedom, the religious freedom that we possess as Americans? Can you say a great big amen? And I know that, that there are some of you that are standing right now, heroes, warriors. Man, you saw some things. I have an uncle that fought in Vietnam, and he still to this day wakes up in the middle of the night hearing bombs go off. You've seen some things. You've been through some things. And perhaps most troubling of all is that there are some of you that are standing veterans, warriors. Your friends didn't make it home. And I know there are some of you that for many years have begged God and asked the question, why did I make it home? And there might be that little twinge of guilt. Dear ones, I want to pray over you. And I want to honor you. I want to honor your sacrifice. And we're going to have a moment of silence in just a moment for your friends that did not make it home. 
Would you bow your heads? Father, in Jesus' name, I didn't get that personal in the first service, but I just got to believe. Let of the Holy Spirit, there's somebody here that's been riddled with guilt for many years. Father, remove that from them. Remove that from them. I pray that you would rejoice over them with singing. I pray that your hands of protection and provision, of counsel, of wisdom, would be upon them. Father, we thank you for warriors today. We thank you for the true heroes of America. And we honor them today. And we bless them today. In Jesus' name, would you join me as we observe a moment of silence? Father, on a day like this, I know many tears are shed. And I know there are family members grieving over a lost loved one. We pray that you would visit them with your spirit anew and afresh, that you would comfort them, you would grieve with them, you would weep with them, you would embrace them in your arms, and they would find peace. The memories would flood their lives. And Lord, we thank you. America is free, not because of a politician or a preacher. America is free because brave young men and women have defended her freedom. We thank you. And Father, most of all, we thank you for our spiritual freedom. The sacrifice of your son, nailed to an old rugged cross, that we might live. We thank you for the freedoms we enjoy as a nation. But God, most of all, we thank you for the spiritual freedom that you have brought into our lives. And we bless you this day. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Can you put your hands together one more time as you're seated? Well, listen, would you please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6? Matthew chapter 6. I want to jump right in. And I really struggled in the first service just trying to get my emotions in check. Um, I had, a, had someone that, that was uh, actually a pastor on our staff. And he just said, Pastor, what, 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 what is the, the responsibility that, that we carry being such a large family. And how many recognize we carry a, resp- a tremendous responsibility to be resources and helps, literally to be the hands of the Lord and the feet of the Lord where people need it most? If you agree with that, can you say amen? So I, I just want to say thank you from the depths of my heart for who you are. And uh, God's going to use you to make a difference in a powerful way. We're in a series entitled First Things First, and um, with uh, everything that's going on, the fires, the devastation, the people here who have loved ones whose lives have been impacted, um, I really believe that we heard from the Holy Spirit regarding this sermon and this series. And last Sunday, we kicked it off by watching a video by Pastor Robert Morris, it's a a message I've heard twice in person and uh, once 
uh, via video like you did last week. And I just want to brag on God and you just for a moment. You know, we had 70 people signed up to commit to tithe for the first time. Can we give the Lord a great big hand for that? Celebrate those steps of faith. And those of us givers, man, we know life for them will never, ever, ever be the same. But I want to talk to you today about first things first. I really want to get into the Word of God. We're going to read a lot of Scripture today. And I want to talk to you about what Jesus considers first things first. Because it's one thing, you know, Monty, what I think first things first, you know. But how many recognize it's a whole other thing when Jesus Christ speaks regarding what we are to prioritize? Are you with me? Can you say amen? So I, I want you to follow along. We have a very thorough outline. I'll kind of hit that back and forth. But I want to talk to you about first things first. And Matthew chapter 6, I want to start by reading verse 25 and following. Jesus says to us today, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Verse 26, you're going to love this. Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I would ask you to circle the word your and highlight the rest of that verse. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And I love what Jesus says. Are you not of more value than they? Friends, do you recognize the value that you have and you are in the eyes of your heavenly Father? Are you of not more value? Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? That's 18 inches. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they, never, how, they, how they grow, excuse me, they neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. If I were you, I would highlight. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. The Bible teaches, Jesus speaking, first things first, that the Gentiles seek, remember that word, seek, after food, drink, and clothing. And friends, you can be a, a millionaire, but Jesus says this, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? But I'm here to tell you, if you will put first things first, listen to what the Lord spoke and is speaking today through his word, you can live an abundant life. I'm going to talk to you about keys to the abundant life today. And in verse 33, this is where we're going to land. Jesus says, true means of abundance. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added to you. Can you say amen? 
Lord, take the next few moments, and uh, we thank you for wonderful, powerful services today. And I pray that you plant the seed of God, the Word of God, deep into our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. Let me give you a couple other translations. In the New Living uh, Translation, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. I really like that. Above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. The Amplified reads, but first and most importantly, seek, which means to aim at, to strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, which means his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. I've been introduced to a new translation of the Bible. It's called the Passion Translation. I'm really, really loving this. From the uh, Passion Translation, uh, it reads, so above all, consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Isn't that good? I want to read that again just for myself. So above all, consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all the less important things will be given to you abundantly. I recently came upon a Uh, something that happened in ancient days where merchants and government officials, they used a black stone to determine the value of precious metals. They would rub gold or silver along the stone's surface, and by the color of the streak it left, they would be able to determine whether it was pure gold, pure silver, or had been contaminated. This black stone became known as the touchstone. Now look at your neighbor and say touchstone. Now look at your second choice to say touchstone. Touchstone. Now listen to this. This black stone became known as a touchstone. The term is used metaphorically these days. A touchstone is the standard by which one judges the value of an object or an idea. Now let me just say, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, must be our touchstone. When I get up in the morning and evaluate my day, my goals, my priorities, it must be seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if I do that, everything that you need, all these things will be added to you. The touchstone, which is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, first things first, according to the Lord, must be our touchstone. Can you say amen? So I have just a couple of points. Number one, I want to look at the prerequisite of this passage. The prerequisite of this passage. But seek first, this is Jesus' terms to abundance. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. So this is the prerequisite of this blessing, of this passage. It is in the word seek. Now, this is a very, very interesting word. Uh, You might be asking, okay, seek. I kind of know what that means. Is there anyone in the house you've ever lost your keys? Let me say, now you're meddling. And what do you do when you lose your keys? You seek. We used to play hide and seek with our kids in the mall. Kelly would take Bethany and go shopping, and my son and I, Ryan, we would play hide and seek. And Ryan, and, and it was okay because I always had my eyes on him. Ryan, oftentimes, he would hide inside 
where they had the clothing rack he would hide inside. But I know I'd see him hiding and, and I would seek him. There's some of you here today that you, you think you can hide, but I want to let you know Almighty God is seeking you. When you lose your keys, you, you seek. How many ever lost a, a wallet or a purse? What do you do? You freak out and you seek. I, I want to let you know it's a priority in your life, isn't it? Come on, can you say amen? You are a priority in the heart of Almighty God. I don't know about you, but before I sought God, He was seeking me. Before, I, before you sought God, He was seeking you. Before you believed in God, He believed in you. He saw something valuable in your life, and He sought after you. If we will learn to seek, meaning our actions, our attitudes, our priorities, it is a prerequisite. He wants to be sought first. It's not, well, at the end of the day, if I got a little other... Listen, is there anyone else, you're an an early riser, let me see your hands. What about you, is there anyone that likes to get up at maybe the crack of, oh, I don't know, noon? Don't raise your hands, we know you're out there. What I have found is those of us that are, you know, the early birds, like to get up early, seek God early when you're at your best. To those of you um, who go to bed at 2 a.m., first of all, I don't understand how you do it, but it's how you're wired. Give God your first. Seek God when you're at your best. I'm just trying. Yeah, I'm not getting older, but I am maturing. Um, back in the day, I could operate on three hours of sleep, week after week, month after one. It's just crazy. Um, now that uh, I, I'm just kind of really getting, I don't know, mature, it's like, man, 9.30 comes and I just check out. Anyone 55 and older, can you just give me some love and say me too? If I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to set my alarm clock and I'm going to seek you at 9.30, how many recognize I'd be seeking God in my sleep? <laughs> seek God when you're at your work, your, your very best. If, if you're a morning, seek in the morning. Early will I rise and seek after you, the psalmist said. If you're a night owl, seek after the Lord. But listen, don't let a day go by without seeking. He said, seek. If we will seek after him and his righteousness and all of these things will be added. But listen, friends, it is a prerequisite. Now, let me talk just a little bit. Okay, we're to seek what? After the kingdom of God. So what is the kingdom of God? It's just kind of, is it this mystical thing or is it as real as a natural world? Listen, the kingdom of God is as real as where we are right now. It is as real as this table, as real as my Bible, as real as my iPod, uh, the, the iPad rather. The kingdom of God is real. Can you say amen? The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. How many could use a little more peace and joy? Can you say amen? It is found in the Holy Spirit. It is invisible, but it is spiritual. And every single time I was preaching this and it hit me in the first service, The kingdom of God is not always tangible. You can't always see it. But might I suggest for your consideration today that every single time somebody who can't read is given a Bible and they open the Bible and they start reading out loud for the very first time in all of their life, the kingdom of God has come. 
Every single time somebody gets born again, I'm just trying to tell you, the kingdom of God has come. Every time someone follows the Lord in baptism and is baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the kingdom, and, and the Father, the kingdom is present. Can you say amen? I, I ask myself sometimes, Monty, I mean, if I were to just really, I mean, have we ever really, really prioritized seeking first the kingdom of God? I don't know. I, I personally believe that God is so strong, so powerful. And I look at, I survey the old rugged cross and he who was hung on that cross, nailed to that cross, the redeemer redeeming. I, I don't think he deserves my second best. God didn't send his second best. He sent his son. And I believe that, that, that seeking after him must be the priority of our life. And when we do, and when we realize that he is worthy of everything, that's when the power and the blessings of God flow in us and through us if we were to seek him. It is a prerequisite for living the abundant life. Can you say amen? Um. I wonder how often um, we, we get so concerned and consumed with seeking this world. We're not called to seek this world. And as I think of uh, family members and many of your loved ones who lost everything in paradise in Southern California due to the fire, do we realize that the Bible teaches that every single thing is going to be burned? but only what we do for Christ will last. It's not about keeping up with the Joneses. It is about living for the kingdom, for the king and for the kingdom. And as you do, what you possess cannot be touched by fire, cannot be touched by the enemy, because you live your life in the nail-pierced hand of the Lord. Can you say amen? The Bible says it this way, the Apostle Paul writing in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven, for, we, for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what is the kingdom? The kingdom is simply God's rule. The moment you gave your life to Christ, you are submitted to the authority of the kingdom of God, and that is the rule of God in and through your life. Number two. Um, let's look at the priority of this passage. Look at the prerequisite. We've got to first seek the kingdom of God. The priority is seek first the kingdom of God. It, it calls for total loyalty and commitment. It means to put God first, not second. It means to honor God first, not if you have anything left. It means to honor God with your thoughts first. I don't know about you. I believe God wants to be your first resource, not your last resort. So as you seek God first, it's very interesting. Uh, I, I study athletes sometimes. We have some crazy athletes. I'm not going to mention a name, but one of the strongest cyclists in, in the area is right here sitting in this service. And I, I look at his life and I'm wondering, why is he so much stronger than me? I believe because he's willing to go just a little bit extra, a little bit harder than I am. He's seeking uh, to be stronger, just a little bit more. Listen, if you will seek 
first. I'm here to tell you, doors will open for you. God will bless you. God will raise you up. God will give you favor. You're not smart enough to get that job. You don't have the degree to get that job. But how many recognize when you seek him first, he will open up doors and he will bless your life that will boggle your mind. Can you scream amen? And how many in here just wait for me to fall in the baptismal tank? Could happen today. Depends on how hard some of you are praying. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Instead of longing after the things of the world, we are called as Christians to hunger and thirst after the things of the world to come. And that is the kingdom of Almighty God. Can you say amen? I... uh, I uh, spent the last six days in uh, Texas. First time I've ever been to Texas. Anyone else been to Texas? Yeah, it took like three days just to fly over Texas, it seemed like. Um, went to San Antonio. I had one of the most memorable Sundays of my life last Sunday. I uh, worshiped in one of our AG churches in uh, San Antonio. And uh, our general superintendent, who is a dear, dear friend of mine, uh, Doug Clay, spoke. And then we watched the 9.30 service last Sunday here online. I was here in spirit. And then those of you who know me best, you know one of my heroes, favorite author, is the Holy Spirit. And then next, one, two, three, say his name, Max Licato. I literally went to Max Licato's church Sunday. And uh, I've been told that many prolific, powerful authors are not very good in public. I sat in the second row, and I was probably from, from here to Pastor Jim away from this crazy, one of my heroes, Max Licato. And uh, he opened the sermon with this, this prayer. He said, Father, forgive me, for my sins are many. And then he began just teaching truth. It was so good. I couldn't take notes. You ever been in a service like that? It's so good you can't take notes. I did manage to get one tweet out, though. Max Licato said, I believe the cross was a miracle. No, Jesus didn't turn water into wine. He turned sinners into saints. Mm, I'm going, "Mm mm-hmm, that's my Max right there. (laughs) Service was over. And they have all maybe three or four exit doors like we do. And I went out the middle exit door. I happened to look to my right, and the right exit door, there's Max Cicado shaking the hand of everyone that went out that, that door. So what do you think I did? Yeah. And I'm pushing the crowd, coming into the sanctuary in that middle. I said, Kelly, take a picture. Take a... And I'm waiting in line. I finally get up there. I haven't washed my hand for a week. I shook Max Cicado's hand. Max Licato, 121 books he's written. Favorite, parents, his favorite is a children's book. When I found that out, I bought children's books that I'm giving to my grandchildren. But listen to this. Crazy amazing. It's not the world. It's the kingdom of God that inspires him. You know what I saw? Thank God for the handshake. That's what I saw. 
happened to notice over to my left where he and his family sits. And just before he took the pulpit, I saw Max Licato on his knees. In other words, here's one of the most amazing authors, writers. And yet, God, if you don't speak to me something of the kingdom, I've got nothing of the world to give. And Billie Jean, she told me, the books that you read now will take on new meaning. Friends, our citizenship is not here. Our citizenship is there. And the trials, the sickness, the tears, the pain that we all feel serve to remind us that we are not home yet. But one day, we shall be reunited with our loved ones. And we shall see our King face to face. If you're excited about that, can you put your hands together? And can we just say, Lord, we're excited. One day we'll rule and reign with you. Our citizenship is not here. It's in heaven. Back to my, my Texas trip. See how much time I have. Um, I want to brag on the Lord and I want to brag on you a little bit. Um, for some reason, God has blessed me and uh, given me a tremendous uh, responsibility. I am the assistant superintendent of the Southern Idaho Ministry Network. It's a big hat, a tremendous weight, and I get to serve my pastor, Pastor Doyle Folks. And once a year, they do this ELC conference, Executive Leadership Conference, and there's 300 of us. Assistant soups, secretary, treasurer, superintendents, college presidents. And we meet, I mean, this time it was in San Antonio. And, and Dr. Doug Clay, I got so excited and fired up, I shared this picture to all of the board. We're all freaking out. God is good. The Lord is good. There's either 12,000 or 13,000 Assembly of God churches in America. I believe it's 13. Um, because we don't live for ourselves, we live for the cause of the king and the kingdom God has blessed us beloved how many recognize God has blessed us can you say amen we are now in the top 1% I believe it's 13,000 13,000 assembly of God churches in America Do you know why? Because God has been good. Because God has been faithful. And because you are a people filled with God's Spirit, pursuing the cause of the King and living for the kingdom. And the promise is this. It's my last point. When you do, God will more than bless your life. He will bless your life so that the blessings of God upon you can be a necessity and a miracle in someone, someone else's life. In Jesus' name, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. And may that verse be the touchstone of your lives, of your day, of your marriage, of every arena of your life.
In Jesus' mighty name, can you say amen? Would you bow your heads? Father, I thank you for your holy touch upon each and every one of our lives. Lord, I believe that was a word, per, a word picture that you painted for somebody here. You're seeking them. <laughs> They're not even seeking you right now. But maybe even that statement that we serve a God that would seek after us. But Lord, they would open their heart today. And they would say, Lord, you don't need to seek anymore. I'm going to stop. I'm going to submit. And I'm going to open my heart to you. I'm going to give you my life because you gave me yours. Maybe there's somebody here today that you're in a backslidden condition. One foot in, one foot out. God would challenge you today to dive in with everything you have, with everything you are, into the kingdom. Immerse yourself in the grace, the love, and mercy of God. Immerse yourself. Father, I thank you for filling Christian Faith Center with the most amazing, loving, giving, compassionate people. And Father, in the tragedies that are going on in Northern California, Paradise area, I pray that our mind would become thine and miracles would flow. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, uh, would you pray for me? I need Jesus today. Man, you talked about backsliding or wandering. Man, that's me. Would you pray for me? Can I see your hands all over the building very quickly? Yeah, I knew hands would go up. I know this is a challenging message. I understand. You can put your hands down. I've got to believe there's people watching online right now. God is challenging you. I want you to jump on our, uh, on our chat page, I believe it's called. People are waiting to pray for you. Could I ask you to stand up all over the building, please? I want to lead these beautiful people in a very simple prayer. We have a a place in the far right of our sanctuary. Your left, my right call. It's the coming to God table. Those of you who raise your hand, I, I want you to go find them after the service. And I want you to shake their hand and tell them, no more backsliding. I'm going to immerse myself in all God has for me. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And as I do, I know everything I need is going to be coming in abundance because I'm putting God first in Jesus' name. Those of you who raised your hand, I want to pray for you. Would you bow your hearts? Please, everybody here, repeat this prayer out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me, Lord. Cleanse my life with the blood that was shed on the cross 2,000 years ago. I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior and the Lord of my life. I surrender to your kingdom, to your call, and to you from this day on. In Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together? God bless you. I'm done. No one leave yet. I'm done, though. Can we get the picture back up of Scott and and Lisa? I hope. (laughs) When mine becomes thine, we will be a part of a last day's move of God 
We are a harvesting church. We are a part of something very, very special. So, this one challenge and I'm done. There are Montes and Kellys out there that need Jesus. There's Scott and Lisa's out there that need the Lord. Let's go through life like this. Let's seek God first, His kingdom. And let's make a difference. I challenge you. Next Sunday, as we gather, first service jam-packed. They went crazy when I said this, and I bet you you're going to beat them today. I want you to pray. God, (coughs) you've been good to me, and I'm going to bring mine to thine to make a financial difference in the lives of those who need Jesus most. And if that's you, I just want you to put your hands together and I want to pray over you in Jesus' name. Come on. I want you to pray this week and we're going to see a miracle offering this next Sunday. Father, go with us. Challenge and enlarge our faith. And Lord, use us to meet the needs of those who need you most. And we pray these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.